Ecclesiastes <clears throat> chapter number 12. Ecclesiastes 12, very familiar passage of Scripture. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Sounds pretty easy. You know, life gets so complicated. And in the complication and the busyness of life, we sometimes get our priorities out of whack. One thing about a new year, it's a great time to reassess where we're at. Good time to stop and just sort of think, where am I at? How am I doing? What do I need to focus on? You know, focus is a very important thing. How many of you wear glasses or contacts? All right. Okay. And without them, things are a little blurry, aren't they? And even with them now, things are a little blurry. And so as time goes on, but focus what you can see, what you are endeavoring to see but cannot see. And in life, sometimes we just have to stop see where we're at, see how things are going, and make some adjustments. And with that, trying to, trying to ensure that we are keeping the most important thing the most important thing. Keeping the big thing the big thing. And if we don't, what we find is we give ourselves to so many other things that really aren't the most important. It's amazing to see in my own life how the priorities can quickly become blurred and what we're seeing and focusing on is not the most important. So as we enter into this new year, I just want to uh, help all of us stop and look at some things that are very important that we all need to work on. Now, these are not all the most important thing. Uh, there, are, there are other things, and maybe at a different season, a different time, I would say I would change some of these points around. Uh, I'm only going to give you 53 points. No, just five points tonight. Uh, but with that, uh, those points, in a different season of ministry, a different season of where I believe we are as a church, uh, where we are as individuals, there might be something that we would, I would say different. Uh, but for this moment, as I was studying and preparing, I feel like the Lord gave me uh, this message. And so uh, I'm going to speak to you on the subject tonight, focus in 23. Focus 23. 2023, th these are some things that we need to focus on. So look again, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep His commandments. So honor God and obey God. Honor God, keep Him in a position where you are, you are fearing Him, you are honoring Him, 
And if we have God in the right place, it will impact our actions. And so uh, if we recognize that there is a God in heaven that we will stand before one day, uh, and with that, he's a God who loves us, but he's a God who has given us instructions on how to live. And uh, so we, we fear him and keep his commandments. Micah put it this way, uh, he hath showed thee, O man, what is good, and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Revelation 4.11, uh, use this this morning. Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, uh, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are uh, and were created. Matthew 22 In verse 37, uh, the Lord said this unto a lawyer, uh, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so uh, here we have a summation. Jesus in the New Testament summarizes all of the commandments, uh, and it comes down to two, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Uh, So love God, and then the second is to love others. And what do we find? We just keep finding simplicity. Simplicity. The more complicated we make something, the harder it is to fulfill. The harder to perform. You know, the Christian life is not rocket science. Aren't you glad? I don't have the mind for it. But I can love God and love others. And here in the Christian walk, if we are going to follow the Lord and be faithful, then we want to make sure we're focusing on the right things. And so tonight, we're just going to look at a few things that I believe that are important. So we're going to, I took a, uh, Lord gave me an acrostic of that word focus, F-O-C-U-S. And so we're going to take each one of these letters and uh, we are going to run an acrostic there. But let's say, did we pray? No, let's pray. And Father, I do pray that you would help us tonight. Thank you for these that are here and uh, those that are watching. I pray that you would help all of us. Uh, Lord, just in our own faith, we're, we want to serve you. We want to honor you in our lives. And uh, Lord, we, we want our life to matter. And so I pray that you'd help us in these areas. Speak to our hearts. Help me to help these that I love. For Christ's sake, amen. All right, first of all, the first F Uh, in focus. Uh, The first step we're going to look at uh, is family. Family. Uh, And I thought about faith. Uh, There are other F's that we could have put there, but uh, I've just felt like the Lord wanted me to focus a little bit and and for our church to focus on our family. Uh, The family was the first institution that the Lord started. Uh, There are three divinely ordained institutions. Uh, It is the home, uh, it is the church, and it's government. Those are the three institutions that the Lord uh, has divinely instituted and sanctioned and ordained. Uh, So the home, the family, 
This, this relationship is a God-ordained relationship. God-ordained. Uh, you didn't pick your parents, and your parents didn't pick you. And regardless of what those relationships are like, it's an important relationship. Because it's a God-ordained relationship. And I understand in our society today that there are a lot of relationships within the family unit. The family unit has broken down. And I think that's why it's so important for us as a church to make sure that we are focusing on the family. Because the church is only going to be as strong as the family is strong. Our faith will be representative of our family. The commitment to our faith will only be as, as strong as our commitment to our family. I mean, you think about this. God designed the family and ordained the family, but then he, he uh, likened every relationship that we have to him in a family manner. Why? Because that is a unit, it is, an, it is a relationship that we can understand. And if our relationship uh, is broken here and there is not a proper understanding of the family unit, then there cannot be a proper understanding of the place of God in our life. So that relationship is so very important. The home uh, is so important. And, and with that, uh, God created man back in Genesis, and it was Adam. And you had Adam and that relationship with God. And that was a personal relationship. Uh, but God added uh, to uh, Adam, and he gave him Eve. And then we had that family unit. And that family unit, uh, there was procreation. Uh, there were children that came along. Uh, and everything in creation is designed to reproduce designed uh, to grow. Uh, so very important. Uh, the, the attack on the home, uh, the attack on, uh, on manhood, uh, the attack on uh, gender and identity, uh, it, is a t it is an attack on the home. It is an attack on the family unit. And that is, it is so important that we have strong homes. We have to make sure that the relationship inside the home is proper uh, so we we have a, a, good, a good representation and we are handing the, the proper view of what a home is supposed to be to our children. Uh, our kids have got to know what the Christian home is like. And, and for those of you that grew up in a Christian home and you had a mom and a dad in the home and you had uh, people, uh, a mom and a dad that loved the Lord and loved each other and loved you, uh, you have been so blessed because that is not normal. That is not the normal in our society. And because that is not the normal, then we have to make sure that that family unit uh, is built upon biblical principles so the kid, your children, those succeeding generations, they do know how to be a husband and a mommy and a, a, and a, a, a fa part of a family unit. And, a, and that, that has got to be something that is, is taught all the way up. But if the family is not strong, our kids will not have that. 
those that did not have that, and now in adulthood and maybe even married, so important for you to build some relationships with other Christians that have, have that solid background. Why? So, so we can make sure that our home is what it needs to be. But the family, uh, so important. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thy head, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates. Uh, so this family unit, we need to focus uh, on our family. Now, when we say that, we have to be specific. It's not good enough to just say, I'm going to focus on my family. Who is in that family? You have a spouse. You need to focus on your spouse. You need to focus on the children. And everybody's in different seasons. We have those whose children are young and brand, brand new. We've got brand new babies. We've got brand new babies on the way and uh, exciting days the, that is. There's others whose children are all in school, others whose children are in college, uh, others whose all their, their kids are out. Uh, and raising their own families. We have those that are not only grandparents, we have those that are great-grandparents. And uh, so everybody is in a different stage. We have some that are not married, others that are preparing for marriage, different situation. But regardless, uh, who is it in that family unit that you need to focus on? Uh, and where do I need to focus on my family? It's easy just to say, I'm going to focus on my family this year. Where? When? You see, we only do what we plan. You know, if we only went to work when, we, when it was convenient, we would never go to work. But we go to work and there is a time, there is a schedule. And with that, it drives us to do that. And if we are going to focus on our family, then it needs to be something that is on purpose. So where? Uh, we need to focus on our family at home. At home, focus uh, on our, our family. When you come home, spend time with your family. There's coming a time when they're not going to be there. There are people that are here that they go home to an empty home. That, that quiet that some of you young moms would love to have screams. And it is so loud 
You see, we've got to take advantage of the opportunities that we have. So where do I need to focus on my uh, family, uh, a home? Uh, I need to focus on my family just in life. Do life together. Do life together. Take opportunities to, to enjoy life together. We need to spend time. It takes time. That, that phrase, quality time. You just need to spend quality time. Time is not an adjective. Time is a measurement. It's quantitative. There's no such thing as really having quality time. There is time and there is no time. It's sort of like work and work hard. Either you're working or you're not, one of the two. And, and with this, time, you've got to spend time. It takes time. And it doesn't mean that it has to be time at Disneyland or it has to be time at some amusement park or it has to be time on some specific, uh, some super uh, vacation. It is spending time. We get together with our kids and we'll talk stories that come up. They almost never talk about the times that we went on a big vacation. It's the little things. Time. Spend time. And so uh, there needs to be some special things that you do as a family, uh, but be together. Uh, time for them. Time for them. Not just time for what you need them to do. You know, sometimes we just feel like I got to do this, then I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to do this, and there's all these requirements, and life has that. There's, it's called responsibility. But at the same time, we've got to make sure that we are giving time to those that are most important in our life, time engaging with them, personal time exploring thoughts and desires, going over dreams and defeats, caring about what they care about. Build those, build those relationships. It's so important. And so uh, family, uh, Deb and I were in a different stage, uh, a season uh, than our children, but uh, and each individual, though, they have a life that, uh, that they are living. And, uh, and so with that, we all, we all need to just look at our family and our situations and where we are and what we need to do uh, to focus on our family. But focus first, that uh, first F, family. Second F, O, others. Others. It's so easy to get our eyes on us. Now, I just said family, and we need to focus on family, but we can't just focus on family. There are so many who have turned so inward that there, is no, there are no relationships outside family. 
And that's not, it's not what our model is. It's not how the Lord has shown us. Uh, when he said the, the first two commandments, uh, the second, uh, Matthew twenty two thirty nine. what is the great commandment? The second, the Bible says, the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Go to Luke chapter number 10. Uh, the Lord was talking with somebody and, and they said, well, who is, who is our neighbor? And the Lord gave a good illustration of who the neighbor is. Uh, so Luke chapter 10, go to verse 29, uh, the good Samaritan. Luke chapter 10 and verse 29. Luke 10. All right, the Bible says, but he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And Jesus answering said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among thieves? And he said, He that showed mercy on him. Then said Jesus unto him, Go and do thou likewise. Go and do thou likewise. Uh, here, if we're going to love our neighbor, uh, this, uh, this command, the second great commandment, love God and love our neighbor, then here, this is talking about others. This is not talking about just our family unit. Not just talking about those that are within our walls or within our, uh, our, own, our own household. Uh, he is talking about other people. Uh, someone took the, the word joy and, and put an acrostic to that, very, fu- very familiar acrostic. Jesus, others, and you. Uh, joy is putting Jesus first, others second, and putting yourself last. Uh, there was a poem that Brother Hiles used to quote. Uh, often in his messages. It was others, Lord, yes, others. Let this my motto be. Let me live for others that I might live like thee. And what a, what a great uh, poem. But so often, I was in Bible college when I heard this, and one of the guys I worked with, uh, he put a twist on it. And it's more how uh, we really, as a whole, think. And he came up, we were uh, talking about the message, and he said, Others, Lord, yes, others, let this your motto be. Let you live for others so I can live for me. And you know what? That is so often really the result. We want to put it out that we are going to live for others to be like Christ. But really, we want somebody else to live for others so we can live for us. We want somebody else to serve the poor. We want somebody else to work with the 
down and out. We want somebody else to take care of other areas, uh, but, but that's not how uh, it should be. The Lord, uh, an epitaph is written about the Lord in Acts 10, 38. Uh, the Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. What an epitaph. He went about doing good. Who did he do good to? Everybody. Jesus was good to everybody. Jesus was good to those who rejected him. You see, it wasn't about them. It was about who Jesus was. And Jesus was good. And because he was good, he did good. He didn't think good. There's a difference. There's a difference between thinking good and doing good. Go to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25 and verse 35. I want you to see these verses. Matthew 25, 35, familiar verses, but we need to grab a hold. If we're going to focus on this, we have to have a foundation of why we're going to focus on these things. Matthew 25, look at verse 35. The Lord said, For I was hungered, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of one of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me." You see, focusing on others brings light and life into others' lives. Focusing on others. It brings life and light into other people's lives. Focusing on others brings Christ-likeness into our life. We, we We say we are a Christian. That means that we are Christ-like. If we are Christ-like, then we are going to serve others. We are going to focus on others. Uh, The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. The Lord could have left heaven and came down here and just been served by his creation. But that's not what he did. He came down and he ministered. He served. So who is it that we should uh, focus on others? Uh, that's friends, that's co-laborers, that's co-workers. That those are the people that are intricately and specifically weaved into our lives. God has weaved people into your life that I will never meet. There are people that you have interaction with and God wants you to be good to them. He wants you 
to be light to them. He wants you to, uh, to help them. So uh, people that we're going to focus on, others, friends and co-laborers and co-workers, uh, people that uh, are, may be in our life for just a moment, uh, maybe for a specific time, some for years even, uh, but we need to focus uh, on others. So focus, number one, on family. Focus, secondly, on others. Thirdly, that C, focus on Christ. This year, let's focus on Christ. That little statement, uh, WWJD, what would Jesus do? What would he do? And if we are going to ask a question like that, we should know what the answer would be. How are we going to know the answer? We've got to know him. We've got to know him. We've got to focus on a relationship uh, with the Lord. Focus on Him. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. And it goes on. And we use that in stewardship. But the stewardship of our life is Christ needs to be first. Christ needs to be first. Our job is not first. Men, our job is not first. Is it important? Absolutely. It's important for, and not just ladies, your job is not first. Reality is, the Lord needs to be first. And His kingdom, the promulgation of His kingdom needs to be first. And as we understand that, it doesn't mean that we, we, are, we, are, um, uh, we let down on our resp- personal responsibilities. Uh, you can serve the Lord, and, and if you are serving the Lord, you should be the hardest worker there. I, I believe a Christian ought to be the hardest worker. I believe the, Christ, the Christian ought to be the most productive. I believe the Christian ought to be the one that is, is giving uh, more than others are giving. When I, was, when I was loading trucks, I was in Bible college and I was loading trucks, they came, they came to me, there was three of us that got hired on the same day, uh, and we were working a shift, it was just three, three of us college guys, uh, and uh, we were the first ones that they had hired, and we're working uh, downtown Chicago uh, on these uh, docks, working second shift, uh, and anyway, we're working, and we got cornered by the dock workers because we were doing too much work. The workers went to the supervisor because they all partied together, and the supervisor called us apart and said that we needed to slow down and not load so many trucks because we were making everybody else look bad. And I just told him, I said, I know one way to work. And it's hard. And you know what it did? All three of us stepped it up. And that supervisor's boss ended up hiring about 30 guys from the college. That whole second shift ended up being uh, college students. Why? Because they came in and they worked. But following the Lord and focusing on Christ doesn't mean that you are neglecting your other responsibilities. 
But we need to keep the Lord first. We need to, we need to serve him uh, first, uh, Christ first, uh, know him. Uh, somebody is, uh, I've seen them on, on a sign uh, for just church signs, and it says, know Jesus, N-O, Jesus, know Jesus, no peace. Then it'll, underneath that, it'll say, K-N-O-W, know Jesus, K-N-O-W, no peace. You know, without Christ, there isn't peace. But when you have Christ, there is peace. And the Christian life, it's not just about us uh, having a good time. It's not just about us missing uh, hell. It is about us having a relationship with him. Uh, it's, not about, it's not about us just not doing things. You know, the, the whole list of things that we say a Christian shouldn't do, they are not, they, I, I don't even think about them in my daily life. There was a time where it was right in my face. Every day, I'd, every, uh, every time we'd come to church, it was like the pastor had been following me around and he knew exactly what I had been doing and the messages were so pointed and the Holy Spirit of God was working in my heart and there were all kinds of things that I was having to correct in my life. Uh, and, and, and at first, it seemed like, well, I can't do this and I can't do this and I can't do this. Now, none of that is even an issue. Why? Because it's not that I want to do those things. I, wanna, I want to follow the Lord. And because I'm, that's my desire, uh, the other things aren't even an issue. It's that relationship with God. James 4, verse 6, but he giveth gr more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, unto God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. What a blessing. What a blessing. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to us. You see, we need to focus on Christ, that relationship with the Lord. How We can be as close to him as we want to be. And if we're not close, it's not that the Lord is not there and it is not that he is not available. It is that our heart somewhere else. And so here, just that, that relationship, the parallel here, you see the, uh, there is that submit yourselves therefore to God. And then the submitting ourselves to God, the result will be that we will resist the devil. You resist the devil and the result is he will flee. When, when he flees, what, what do we find here? Uh, there is that drawing nigh to God. So the separation between Satan uh, and our heart, it's, it is a heart decision. And then draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. God draws nigh to us. We don't clean up so we can get close to God. We get close to God and God cleans us up. Draw nigh to God uh, he will draw nigh to you. And then he says, cleanse your hands, ye sinners. That relationship, what does it do? It reveals things in our life that shouldn't be there. And I can't be close to the light. I can't be close to holiness and be filthy. And what has to happen? 
Cleanse your hearts, your hands, ye sinners. Purify your hearts, ye double-minded. And so here there's just that process. But we need to uh, focus on Christ, his word, his person, uh, his self, his plan, his church, uh, his kingdom. So focus in 23, let's focus on uh, the family, focus on others, focus on Christ. Fourthly, unity. Unity. You know, unity is a wonderful thing. Unity. You know what unity represents? Peace. Peace. Everybody was shaking hands and we started singing, coming back together before the service, in the middle of the service. Brother Franklin reached over and he said, man, I just love watching everybody fellowship together. No schisms. No division. What a, what a wonderful thing. You know what? That's something we have to work on. Because I'll promise you, the devil doesn't want there to be unity. But that isn't just, unity isn't just for the church. You need unity in your own life. Surround yourself with those who are like-minded. You need unity. You need unity for your own peace of mind. I know this never happens to you. But if I get thinking about something that there's a problem, man, I can stir myself up. And I can get mad. My blood I can feel my blood pressure go up. Anybody else? And then all of a sudden it's like what am I doing? Why am I doing this to myself? You know, unity is not just this way. Unity is just for that peace of, in your own soul. You know, there are things in life we have to let go. Say, hey, pastor, you should have already let everything go. I know I'm just not quite perfect yet. I'm almost there. No, but there are things that we have to work on. But unity just for our own soul. Unity within our relationships. Every relationship is not perfect. No relationship is perfect, but some relationships you're not going to be able to fix. But as much as you can, strive to have unity. Have unity in your home. Don't yell. You say that again. Don't yell. How many of you like getting yelled at? Nobody. Don't do it. Don't yell at the kids. Don't yell at each other. Yell. It's, it just creates... Attention. So we need we need that peace. Matthew 5 9. Blessed are the peacemakers. Peacemakers. Uh, what, what, what does it say? For they shall be called the children of God. God's children 
are supposed to be peacemakers. Are you a child of God? Amen. Be a peacemaker. So work at this area of unity. Peace with peace in your own life, peace with God, peace with self, peace, peace with your family, peace with your church family. Uh, blessed are the peacemakers. Don't have a combative spirit. There are some people that just are ready to argue all the time. So that's just how I grew up. Change it. I grew up around alcohol and drugs, but that doesn't mean that I should hang on to it just because that's how I grew up. Change it. There are things that we have to mature in. Uh, so blessed are the pe- peacemakers. We don't need combative Christians. We don't need critical Christians. We need to have people that have a desire to have uni- unity. Now, that is not at the compromise of truth. We stand for truth. But you can stand for truth and still be nice. Years ago, I had uh, I was listening to a preacher, and he said, he, he was telling the pastors, he said, you can tell your people almost anything if you'll smile. He said, he said you can correct things, but if you, if you don't have a smile on your face and you've got an angry look, it communicates it wrong. But, but with that, you know, we can stand for truth and still be nice. We don't have to agree with wrong or validate wrong and still be kind. So blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, so we don't, we're not going to compromise uh, truth. We're not going to compromise, not at the compromise of sin. Uh, sin will destroy the church. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. So we're not going uh, to compromise in these areas, uh, but we need to make sure that we are uh, having unity. So focus on the family, focus on others, focus on Christ, focus on unity, and lastly, focus on souls. 2023, we need to be focused on souls. Focused on souls. And with that, that is, that is something that every believer, we all need to grab a hold of this. Focus on souls. Matthew, uh, Matthew 9, 36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, uh, uh, sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto the disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he'll send forth laborers into his harvest. Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 
He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. And so here, what do we find? We just find over and over again the emphasis on souls. There are people who are dying around the world. I was just, uh, as chaplain for the youth, the uh, uh, sheriff's department, I get all the emails. And uh, we just had a little nine-year-old girl that just passed, got in a car wreck. You know, what a, what a tragedy. We don't plan for death, but people are dying. And at the age of nine, I would have understood the consequences of sin. I wonder if that little girl had somebody to love her, share the gospel with her. I wonder about that family who is in a turmoil. They need somebody that can convey the love of Christ. People all around the world, but not just around the world, people that are right here in our community. They need the gospel. There are people that you work with. There are people that you live next to. And the Lord has placed you in their life so you can represent Him to them. What are we doing about trying to reach this community? You know, 2023, I really want to focus on getting everybody involved in soul winning. You say, well, pastor, I've been there, done that. It's, it's, not, some, it's, it's not a stint that you put in. We're not, we're not Mormons. You don't, you don't go out and do it for a year and now you can say, okay, I'm done. We're to be the light of the world until Christ takes us out. So we need to make sure that we are doing what we can, focusing on souls. Uh, Jude 22 and 23, and of some have compassion, making a difference, and others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Mark 16, 15, they said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. To every creature. That's not just the, re- that's not just the pastor's responsibility. That's not just the, the responsibility of the missionaries. This is every believer. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, go into all, go into all the world and preach, uh, uh, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, uh, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. The Great Commission. You see, focusing on souls, that means that we're going to be passing out tracts. 
Men, grab, get some tracks. Passing out tracks, inviting people to church. Inviting people to church. Opening up your Bible, sharing the gospel. We need to be telling people, confronting the lost uh, with the gospel. Uh, the church that is not a light will have their candlestick removed. The very right to be a church. We can keep the name, whatever we want to keep the name. But the Lord is looking at the church and he is saying, if you are not remembering the first love, you are not remembering the core value of sharing Christ. He says, I'll remove your, your candlestick, your franchise. And so uh, the church, 2023, needs to be a year that we are more focused. So focus family, focus on others, focus on Christ, focus on unity, and focus on souls. Say, Pastor, you forgot something. I know. Well, let's focus on these five and let's see how we do. These are some things that I think all of us can grab a hold of. And if we do it, I know the Lord will bless us. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for uh, just this, these thoughts. And uh, Lord, help all of us uh, as individuals, as families, help us to grab a hold of uh, these uh, five areas, just some things that we need to focus on. And I pray uh, that we truly would uh, grab a hold of these and not forget them, but uh, Lord, to uh, really put this and make this as a part of our own daily life. And, and so help us now uh, as individuals, help us uh, in our families, help us in our church. Uh, so just bless now, please. Uh, give, us, uh, give us the strength, uh, the fortitude to follow through, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand.